If you're going to be great one day, you've got to take care of day one. No, I was not smart enough to come up with that by myself. That was defensive line coach Todd Bates earlier today. Before practice number one at OU, practice number one in the books, 24 more remaining, 29 days until kickoff. Welcome to the Friday Rush, and man, I am excited about the next four hours as we talk OU recruiting, we talk OU football, because yes, my good buddy Travis Davidson is live with us from Tulsa at Ashtagar Bar, but I'm back at Brown O'Haver, baby, which means uh, my other good buddy John Whitson is going to join us for the entirety of the four hours, and dude, I walked in here today, I've been to Brown O'Haver, this location and the old location, no less than 50 times. And we've got a TV in the main room for the first time ever. Absolutely. The boss Ooh. the boss is so fired up for Brent Venables that she allowed the TV to go in. We can watch all the YouTube, all the Sooner Sports. We're fired up. Wait, We're we need to get uh, get it on ESPN Plus and watch like an old classic OU football Dude, game or something while we do the show 100%. today. Man. Yep. Uh, like I said, Travis Davidson is at Ashtagar Bar in Tulsa, 4205 South Sheridan. We're at Brown O'Haver, 1901 Northmore Avenue. And, uh, Travis, I, I, the last time we talked, we were hopeful going into last weekend, but, oh, my gosh, dude, since the last time we've been on the air together, um, OU has seemingly put themselves in a position to where, you know, it was hopeful that OU was going to wind up with a top-five class. Now it's expected that OU is going to end up with a top-five class in 2023. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, uh, first off, I want to say thank you to Ashley Garbars for having us out. Um, you do, you know, you, you, you let it off at the top of the hour. If you're going to be great one day, you got to take care of day one. And Ash Cigarbar has been supporting us since day one. So um, they're they're on their way to being a great one. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, Todd Bates just keeps dropping gems, man. Uh, incredible quote after incredible quote. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, for, for those loyal listeners that tuned in uh, on Wednesday, you know, my, my Wednesday 235 segment on Locked In with you and Parker Thune, uh, you know, I – <laughs> you know, I was I was feeling a little bold. I said 100% top five. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it's expected. And really, when you when you really break it down and look at the math, look at who's still on the board, look at who's expected, and and use that old handy dandy class calculator on uh, on two four seven, you can have a lot of fun with the scenarios. And the scenarios got a lot more fun um, when you uh, started to see the outcomes of where OU might end up. So let's just address kind of the the elephant in the room on the show today, especially during this hour when we talk recruiting. Travis will remember this. Parker isn't here today, but he'll remember this as well. John Whitson, who is a great OU fan, I think he's an incredibly positive OU fan most of the time. But you admittedly were in the group a month ago when we did the show. You were nervous about recruiting. You were unsure about things in the slow start, correct? I was. The sky was falling, <laughs> and I was, I, was, I was admittedly scared, anxious. I was looking for reasons to be upset, and I found one in recruiting. And I got to tell you, as Brent Venables, Brent Venables would say himself, top five isn't good enough. It's not good enough. Yeah. I'm not going to be satisfied until we're the number one recruiting class. So everybody that's excited to be in the top five, that's like excited to making the playoff and losing in the first round. That's not me. You want more. You want, I want the number more. one overall class. I am on the calculator that, that Travis is talking about, and I'm trying to figure out how to get to number one. Because until we're number one, whether it be at the end of the season or whatever, 
I'm not going to be happy, and I don't think BB is either. If yeah. BB's listening right now, he's not happy. So okay, so you have gone from what you were a month ago. That's the sky correct. is falling. The sky is falling. To like, what are you now? We got work to do. Okay, we got work. To, we, got, we got work. Listen, July was incredible. It was yeah. incredible. And if you're an OU fan, you're fired up. But you can't just be happy about that. Think about Nick Saban. When I think, you know, we, we talk about what it takes to be great. Nick Saban's freaking calling people in the halftime of national championship games and saying, did you see that first half? That could be you next year. That's where we've got to be. This has to be an expectation. We can't be excited about being top five. We've got to say what's next. And I think BV and this staff is probably sitting down in Norman after day one saying, What's next for practice and what's next for recruiting? I don't think they're I don't think they're comfortable where they're at. Yeah, no, I don't think that they're ever comfortable. Like I, don't. I mean, we've all seen the clip, Travis. It ain't good enough from like five that's, or six months ago. And I think that that's kind of just the mentality of the program. So yes, July was great. But Travis, I don't think that this class or this staff is sitting back now saying, ha got it made, boys. We got a July. We got that one in the bag. We're good. I, I expect this to be a very fruitful August as well. That starts with Jacoby Johnson next Saturday. That's Macari Vickers at the end of the month. I, I think an over-under for commits in the month of August. They've already got one. Uh, four, four and a half might be the over-under for commits in August. I, four and a half is probably a good number, right? Yeah, uh, I, I think it's somewhere in there. And kind of talking about, you know, not being satisfied with top five, I think if I would have approached you and said, hey, uh, would you be happy if Brent Venables landed the highest-rated class in Oklahoma's history of the of the of the composite era? It'd be like, yeah, I mean that's that's an absolute great first year. I don't think I, I think with with the excitement of top five, I think it's I think it's going to be closer to three-ish um, when when it's all said and done, um, based on based on just the the numbers. I don't think there are going to be a ton of classes like last year that have. 30 commits in it. Georgia and AM both had 30 commits. Those are massive, massive classes. Um, I think we end up in the 26 to 28 range. And our last, you know, our, our best rated recent class had 30 commits. I believe that was in 2010. Um, but I do think when, when you consider everything, um, when it comes to the top class, you know, how do we define top class, right? 247 rankings seem to be kind of our cup of tea, kind of what we, yep. we all brag about and we all hit refresh, refresh, refresh whenever we get an announcement. But you have to keep in mind and, uh, specifically to, you know, the it's not good enough mentality. We need to be the number one mentality. Keep in mind, if you look around at kind of the, the upper echelon of the recruiting rankings right now, OU has turned away at least one five-star. That is confirmed. Turned away at least one five-star because of character issues. Do you think A&M's doing that? Do you think Texas oh, is no doing chance. that? No, because te- Texas is the one that took him. So it's, it, it's, it's not necessarily just the boom, end of the day, recruiting rankings, here we go, we are this number, but also it's the quality of person we're getting. And I think culture is going to beat out the the – you know, the, the 19-year-old millionaire walking around saying, hey, you know what, we got the number one recruiting class and I got a Lambo to go with it. You know, it's, it's, uh, I, I, think they're, I think they're getting the right people, and I think that's what's so incredible with us, this recruiting class. If you were to, if you were to say a year ago uh, when A&M signed the top recruiting class of all time at a ridiculous 333 points in the 247 with a 95 average, 
eight total five stars. That's it's silly. They had you know five top ten defensive linemen in the class. Uh, if you would have if you would have told me then that a school that didn't approach recruiting with an NIL first mentality would finish in the top eight, top seven, I'm not sure many people would have believed you, because. I think the narrative is, hey, you know what? If somebody's got a million dollars waiting for you, you got to go take it. Whereas BV says NIL is absolutely a, a part of today's recruiting landscape, but he wants character. Another Todd Bates gem that he dropped in, in, in our one uh, uh, Brandon Drum, 247's Brandon Drum, friend of the show, was on last hour. Um, he, said that, he interviewed Todd Bates and said this on evaluation of the recruits on the defensive line. He said he looks for players added a pretty thought-provoking quote, if you miss on a five-star, he may beat you once or twice. If you sign the wrong five-star, he will beat you every day. And I think that's what's important when we talk about these recruiting rankings is Brent Venables, Todd Bates, these guys, they are trying to look for the right person that plays football, not the right football player. And I think and I think that I think that matters because I think down the road, A, it's going to help with your transfer report portal problems i think it's going to help with your decommitment problems i think it's going to help with your team culture i think these guys are locker room fits i mean we all saw the video of the weigh-in last night that looked like the most fun anybody's had since the malcolm kelly freestyle i texted beatenbo the same i was like he's like man it was it was it was a blast man i mean you even saw beatenbo flexing and smiling cutting up and all that i mean that's the thing it, culture will win versus the nil every time and the fact that we've been able to build such a highly rated class in the in the in the fresh NIL era, that's what really speaks to me. I think we might have the best recruiting class in the country right now because I look at it through that lens as opposed to just okay, this five star got a bag. Well, Travis, I agree with you. I think everything BV and the staff is doing is the right things to do, from the method and how they're recruiting to the type of person they're recruiting. I, I get all of that, and a little bit of me saying that they need to be number one is kind of tongue-in-cheek, but at the same time, I don't think that we can just be happy being in the top five. We've got to take that mentality that BB's brought and continue to maximize on it. And I am fired up about where we are, but what's even more exciting is where we're going to continue to be, especially when he starts, when we actually see the product on the field. Yeah. Imagine seeing the, imagine when he gets to recruit to the product on the field. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, and, and that's what I keep saying is it, it looks great right now, but what happens when the product looks better? And that's a thing, like a real reason to be optimistic. Be excited about this 23 class. Like, don't be nervous about it. Well, I don't – are a lot of these kids going to decommit? No. They're, you're not going to have a lot of decommitments from this class. I can't sit here and guarantee you that, but i got a pretty strong feeling that this class is going to stay intact really for the very most part by the time we get to December. But I see a pipeline in 2024 already, guys, where they can have another top five class with David Stone being there, who's going to be a five-star player, with T.A. Cunningham, who's the number 15 overall player. Parker's got a crystal ball for him. Uh, he's a defensive lineman. You've, uh, you've already got an offer out to a four-star quarterback who's an OU legacy. You feel good there. Like You get the point, Travis. Like 2023 is not just a fluke. This will not be the last top five class they have. In fact... I mean, it may be a better than 50% chance. I, I don't know if I'll go that strong because there's a long way to go in 24. But there is a realistic chance where this staff has back-to-back top five classes in their first two years. 
But isn't it safe to say that oh, this oh, staff oh, does I mean, it, I, ju- I jumped on. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Travis. So I jumped yeah, on. Ahead, I, I jumped I jumped on. Uh, we actually had Brandon Drum uh, from 247 uh, on the JP and Trav show. Uh, we do a podcast every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. on YouTube. And uh, we had him on. And I brought up that same thing, Tyler, when when really this, this hire happened. And you look at the pros and cons, maybe the things that were going to be struggles for the, uh, you know, for, the, for the current staff. John touched on it. They're, right now, Todd Bates is showing Clemson tape. Brent Venables is showing Clemson tape. Jay Valai is showing Bama tape. Like all these people are showing tape, like of of other players at other schools. Once you can recruit with your own tape, then it's completely different. You can re- recruit with results. So that's one thing that's currently going against the staff is it's it's new. Um, it's a new place. These are new relationships with this recruiting staff. All kinds of stuff like that. Also, the state of Oklahoma's recruits. I don't want to take any shots at the 2023 kids in Oklahoma. But the previous staff kind of kneecapped a lot of the recruiting efforts um, with those kids. You look at a Cole Adams. You look at a kind of a Micah Tease type situation, how that was handled between the different staffs. Uh, you look at uh, by Job, maybe the most glaring. Um, you know, not an not a offer from the last staff. The new staff shows up, offers him, but he's already got relationships elsewhere, everything like that. Those are things going against the current staff in the 2023 class, and yet they're still going to finish in the top five. You look at the 2024 class, and it's the opposite. Everything, I mean, almost everything's in our favor. You happen to have one of the top quarterbacks in the country that happens to be training with Kyler Murray's dad that happens to be an OU legacy down at Allen who's going to be a fantastic, if he does end up at OU, a fantastic peer recruiter as well as a quarterback. You've got Stacey Gage, born in Oklahoma, just happens to be the number two running back in the entire country. Um, you've got you know David Stone, who's heavily been an OU lean. Um, you've got... Zadavian Sims, who again in Oklahoma, a lot of people like uh, a lot of people like player. OU's chances there. You've got you've got the built-in advantages that the 2023 class didn't have, and yet they're still top five. If you get Bates cooking, if you get Venables cooking, heck, if you get Levy cooking, you get these guys, and you really are able to perform on the field. You've got built-in advantages with elite top 50 type players, and They'll jump in the boat a lot quicker than what we saw in the 2023 class. You look ahead to 2025, you got guys like Ravy and Larry, going to be one of the top, you know, top, top running backs in the country. I think he might be the top running back in the country in 2025. You've got one of the top wide receivers in, in Mosey out of uh, Lee Summit North. His dad played at Oklahoma. Um, obviously, Lee Summit, uh, where uh, Caden Green is, is hailing from. So, you again, built in advantages. 2025, right across the border, you've got a quarterback. Sperry might be the best quarterback in the class. That kind of thing. Those built-in advantages are going to set up the 2024 class and the 2025 class with incredible starts. You pair that with a successful 2023, and I have no doubt in my mind that 2024 can be better. 2024 and 2025 can be better than 2023. All right, let me get to a a couple texts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line before we hit a break. 405-651-3439. 2024's class will be better than this one's rankings-wise. 24 class is loaded with kids that the coaches have been knocking the doors down to come see OU. Decent season this year, and next year is top three and could realistically be 
number one overall. Uh, this one says the difference between us and Texas is this. We have booty. They are booty. Uh, nice. Uh, this one, uh, damn. Uh, number one class expectations before playing a game. That's a huge ask and completely unrealistic. Because of our staff, I'm comfortable with anywhere we end up. You were tongue-in-cheek on that. You're just saying OU fans never settle for second-best well, tier, so I, always keep I pushing. will take exception with what, – what, what was the line? Uh, uh, no, uh, number one class expectations before playing a game. That's a huge ask and completely unrealistic. How can that be unrealistic? This is the University of Oklahoma. Are we not a blue blood Oklahoma? Are we not a blue blood college football program? Yes. Do we not have seven national championships? Yes. How many Heisman's do we have? Uh, six, right? Did we? Are we or not the same seven. school that recruited Adrian seven. Peterson and Tommy? Seven. Adrian Peterson, See, I Tommy Tyler Harris. Already. I mean, some of these guys that are just off the world talent that we'll that other schools are clamoring for. The University of Oklahoma can and should expect to be the number one class every year. That's fair. Alabama, but, they, but they've I never mean, been, and a, I, think, I, think, I think that's pretty much the argument, is they've never been, and also of all, of all, the, of all the, you know, Adrians of the world, he wasn't in a number one class. Um, obviously, uh, we had Rhett Bomar in that class, which was absolutely insane. We've had a lot of classes that have done incredible things, and you know who's had a lot of classes that hasn't? Texas. Um, uh, you got Clemson, kind of built Clemsoning. They've had some decent classes. Georgia couldn't get over the hump for the longest time against Bama. Um, Ohio State, I mean, Minnesota was going to beat them last year before an injury. I mean, you look at the tw- the like the 2004 class that had, again, uh, number one quarterback in the country, number four overall player in Red Bomar, number one running back in the country, number one player in the country, Adrian Peterson, that kind of stuff still was not the number one class. So I think what I think what the text line is getting at is, sure, Oklahoma never settle. There's no doubt. I think the I think the attitude should always be to never settle, get the number one class. But I also think the the idea that Brent Venables could come in here and sign a better class than any any coach that OU has ever had. And of course, we could go back. Who knows what Switzer's classes would have been ranked in this style? Of course, he likely would have had a, a, a number one class at the time. But you keep in mind, yeah, we're the University of Oklahoma, but we have to kind of be honest with ourselves. A lot of these kids, you know, there's not a kid that we're recruiting that was alive during our last national title. We have to be honest about that. Most kids well, that Travis- know the o- University of Oklahoma right now knows us for being blown out and embarrassed. So there's going to have to be a bit of, hey, show me. Show me what show me what you can do because the farther we get away from that 2000 national title the less we can i mean rest on our laurels of hey we we're 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 the uh, we're the national title winning you know this that and the other the kids that we're recruiting now they got to rely on parents their their parents stories about OU success we need to deliver on the field and then if we win a national title it's almost a guarantee we're a top 2 class the next year and i agree about never settling but We've got to. We've also just got to be honest with ourselves and say, "Hey, look, you know what? With not even making a Big Twelve championship last year, if this new coaching staff with a head coach that's never coached before comes in and we're not dropping bags off at every every door in Texas and Louisiana and Georgia and Florida, and he's still able to come in and get a number three class, I don't. I I don't think Brent Venables would look at that as a failure in the slightest. Well, I think we're talking. So there's two different things to think about here. Number one. If we're talking about playing the game and coaching and developing the game, 
I absolutely think that our coaching staff is in the best position possible to develop our players. That was always the issue with under Riley's staff, is we'd have good recruiting classes and they wouldn't get developed. Good recruiting classes and they'd transfer. Good recruiting classes and then they wouldn't have production. So I understand that piece of it with Brent Venables. All I'm getting at is if we're talking about just recruiting and that's the metric we're trying to to get um, measure ourselves against and rank ourselves against, Oklahoma should be shooting for number one. Yeah, It's just uh, that simple. Yeah, we'll hit a break here. We'll talk more recruiting on the other side. 405-651, more of your texts on the Air Coverage Solutions text line. Locked in on a Friday right here on the Homeless Cedar Fans. Locked in on this Friday. Tyler McComish, John Whitson, live at Brown O'Haver, 1901 Northmore Avenue. We'll give you a few examples coming up of the great things that Brown O'Haver can do for you. Travis Davidson with us as well. Ash Chigar Bar, 4205 South Sheridan Road in Tulsa. Let me get to a few texts here real quick. Uh, I want a class filled with guys that the staff wants. That doesn't have to be a number one class. If they're getting the kids they want, I'm happy. That's uh, Ryan in Mustang. Uh, 903 area code results on the field plays a much smaller part in recruits choosing a school than it used to. Too many other factors. Let me say this, because I think that we can all agree on this. Whether we think it's uh, realistic or unrealistic of OU, to have the number one overall recruiting class, I think it's a better than 50% chance they finish in the top five this year. We've established that. Great chance again next year with what they've already kind of seemingly building for that class, they can be a top five class in there as well. Whether it's number one or not at any point of this staff's future, I do think that we can all agree that they are getting the players necessary to win a national championship and to even win in the SEC once they get there. Are are we all, like, regardless of what we think about the number one overall class, are we good with that, with what we're seeing from this class and even the last one that, regardless, like, they're going to have the players necessary to win a title? When you combine that with the culture and the development. John, I'll let you go first on that. 100%. I if you look at who we're competing with for these players, it is routinely a choice between Alabama, Georgia, Texas, and A&M. Alabama, Georgia, Texas, and A&M. I mean, Florida. We're beating out Florida. We're beating out SEC teams. So that's exciting. The, we're no longer uh, – what's the right word? We're not happy beating out a guy that was choosing between Texas Tech and Kansas State, right? We're trying to beat out guys that are choosing between SEC schools. And to me, that's the kind of dudes we need to be finding to fill our roster in order to compete in the SEC. So 100% yes. I think with BV and his staff, the dudes that are coming in can bring us a national championship. Travis, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's the ultimate goal, right? I mean, it's we're in the talent acquisition business, business, if you will. Um, and the blueprint is exactly what we're seeing. It, I mean, the easy answer – what program is Brent Venables trying to turn Oklahoma into right now? Clemson. The last decade of Clemson, where they had two national titles, where they had, you know, the, the their version of what we call it the It didn't have a top five class this have... quick, by the way. I mean, you're right, but that's no, that It took no. Clemson a here's while the, here's to get a top five class. Yeah, but Clemson, Clemson wasn't here's at the, the level thing. of Oklahoma. In 24, even true. when he went there. Okay, well, okay. 2014, they had the number 15 overall class. Keep in mind, they won titles in 2016 and 2018. So when you look at 2014, they had the 15th overall class. I mean, they had the ninth overall class in 2015. And then 2016, it, uh, it goes back down to number 11. That's the year that they won a national title. And so 
the next year after a national title, they go down to 16. Obviously, they had some talent uh, in that class, and they, they didn't take a ton of kids. And, again, some of this is just a numbers game. If you take 30 kids, you're going to likely be higher ranked than somebody who took 20. Like, I get that. But in 2018, number seven class. Like, they are very much – and that, that class included Trevor Lawrence, the number one, one – one of the only – one of the only number one, number one, number one, 1,000 rated players in history. Uh, so, you know, 12th overranked the next year. Like, here's the thing. If you if you bring, uh, you know, the Clemson culture, the development, the mentality, the all that over, and to John's point, you bring them into a program, like, that already has all that history, all that – all that, you know, the rich traditions, the talent already on the roster. You know, we're the number four most talented roster in the country right now, according to the blue chip ratio, which has been extremely accurate. So if he just came from a place that focused on development and really never had a top five class and they won two national titles that way, I mean, you gotta, you gotta trust in the guys say, uh, you know what? These guys, uh, you know, if we can, if we can bring that aspect of Clemson, put it in here, but but put the Oklahoma brand on it, which means that uh, we've got already more talent to start with. Then that, that's that's the reason to be the reason to be optimistic. Simply because we're here for a national title. That's that's Try. it's simple as that. However they get Try. there, however this staff determines to get there, just get us a national title. Travis, I, I we're just splitting hairs at this point, but but I agree with you. The only the only difference I would make in the Clemson argument versus what Brent Venables is up against in Oklahoma is the need to have to play an SEC schedule every year. Clemson, during their run, had to beat one SEC team and maybe one in the non-con. They always played a pretty good non-conference game. Florida State wasn't Florida State by the time they were making that run. Miami wasn't Miami. They were, Florida State was definitely on the back end of it. Yeah. yeah, and so it's just something to think about that not only do we have to build one to win a national championship, which we all agree is the goal, and by God, if we could do it next year, it doesn't matter when, we'll take it. My point being, though, in terms of program building, he's got to build to compete in the SEC, and I think that's going to be a little different than what they had to do at Clemson. Yeah, I no, I, I totally agree, but I also think based on conversations I've had with recruits, whether it was at OT7 or otherwise, they are so jacked to go to the SEC that that's also what the a little bit of the boost is. I talked to Cecilia Kana, and it was very clear. He literally said, I just want to play in the SEC, and Oklahoma leads for him. So it's it's one thing, yes, I completely understand your point. They didn't really have to go through the gauntlet uh in the ACC that we will have to in the SEC, but I think the SEC elevates our program from a recruiting standpoint, from a facility standpoint. I don't think there's any question, in my mind at least, that the purse strings got a little loosened up and we just happen to be going to the SEC right now. I I, I think that all of that, the more money, the better recruits, uh, which more money leading to better facilities, the top-end coaches. There's no way. If we had hired Luke Fickle, there's no way that Todd Bates and Jay Valai and all these guys, there's no way you're pulling defensive coordinators from somewhere else to come be safeties coaches uh, for you now. There's no way he's assembling that. With that being said, the SEC, I think, is 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 raising the Oklahoma program up so much that we're going to be so well-suited for the change. Yeah, 
No, no, no doubt. And it, it, isn't it funny? Because all of those years where we were rolling our eyes at the SEC, like, and, you know, whether we admitted it out loud or not, you know, you had to recognize that they were the best conference in college football. They were getting the best players. They had the long run of winning national championships. It's just funny how even though it was super annoying, and it is still kind of annoying to an extent, but it was super annoying for so long, but the SEC becoming what it has become is now going to, I think, severely impact OU in recruiting in a positive way. Because, yes, the Big Ten is making their move, and it is two power conferences in college football right now. But, man, I'm sorry. You can add UCLA and USC. I don't really think that that's going to do a whole lot in the grand scheme of things. It's going to be a power two, but I still think the SEC is going to look at as the big dog, the big conference in college football, which is ultimately only going to help OU in recruiting. Uh, well, Travis is talking about Akana out in Utah. Like, there's a kid from Utah that just says, I just want to go to the SEC. And it's been that, that league that is going to help OU recruit at a really high level. That's not going to be the only thing. Like, OU's got plenty of tools to recruit at a high level. But the SEC certainly going to help. I tell you what's interesting about it, and the tailwind that we need to, with this tailwind and with this SEC recruiting, we need to take advantage of it in the next two years if we don't go to the SEC. Play the Big 12 schedule with an SEC roster. I mean, can you imagine the possibilities with that? We've always, what do we have, six in a row with what I would call a Big 12 roster? If we now have an SEC roster for the next two years in the Big 12 and we only have to compete against that one or two SEC team, it's, it starts it's to Clemson. really it starts to really change. It's Clemson, and Clemson yeah. won national titles. Yeah. And then you can take a national title into the SEC. It's a big, it's a yeah. big win. I, I do think this is OU's last year in the Big 12, but no, it's, so. it's a, it's, I hope so. It's a, it's a fine thought. Um, okay, real quick. So let's, let's tell people about Brown O'Haver. Really, and, and, and this is kind of something that we need to hit on today is people out in the Seminole area, if you're listening and if you had damage from the tornado earlier this tornado season, John, they, they need to call you at Brown O'Haver. Tyler, you're exactly right. We've we've been uh, working for a number of clients over the last couple months that haven't been paid yet and some that haven't been paid their full policy limits. If you were affected by the tornadoes out in Seminole, you need to call us, 405-735-5510. Let us review your insurance claim. We will most likely be able to get you more money. And if you haven't been paid anything yet or even a small amount, you need to call us so we can get that accelerated. At this point in time, you should be getting paid. You need cash in your pocket to start rebuilding. It's a very real situation. If somebody you know out there that is having trouble, pass on Brown O'Haver's information. 405-735-5510. Check us out on Facebook. You can read some of the success stories we've had. You can interact with some of our old clients. We can provide referrals, whatever you need. But we're starting to see it firsthand that even now, we're talking four or five months out of having that tornado, folks aren't getting paid. Yeah. And so they're starting to reach out to us. So if you're in that boat, you know somebody in that boat, if you've had a loss for, you know, a tornado or anybody really in the state, tornado, fire, whatever the case may be, give us a call, 405-735-5510. Let us review your policy. Let us review what you've been paid so far, and there's a pretty darn good chance we're going to get you What if the people that were growing the weed in the tents out there in Seminole call you? Will you help them out as well? Well, (laughs) (laughs) yes. The answer is yes. We will help. Weed's really interesting, though. Weed is like a whole – I mean, that is like oh, the wild yeah. – it's oh, like yeah. the wild, wild west of industry, right? It's the NIL is what it, it is. It's, it's the it, NIL Oh, my gosh. Football. And so I, 
before I make any promises, <laughs> we will do the best we can to get your inventory paid for, right? So yeah. um, we might, you know, uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I want to be careful with that one. But yes, anybody that's had an insurance loss, give us a call, 405-735-5510. We routinely get clients 30 to 40% more than they get on their own. OU currently six at, uh, sits at number six in the recruiting rankings. How's the top five going to shake out when we get to signing day number one? Travis is going to give his projected top five when we get back. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune. No Thune today, but we do have John Whitson live at Brown O'Haver in Moore. Travis Davidson joins me an hour early on the Friday rush. He's at Ash Cigar Bar, 4205 South Sheridan in Tulsa. Yesterday, I gave my projected top five recruiting class once we hit the month of December. My handwriting is actually so bad that I uh, misquoted myself yesterday. I said I had Bama 1, Notre Dame 2, Georgia 3, OU 4, Texas 5. What I really had was Bama 1, Georgia 2, Notre Dame 3, OU 4, and Texas 5. Now, Notre Dame just rose up to uh, the number one class again earlier today with a four-star commitment. So Notre Dame is just ever so slightly the number one overall class, but Two of their top three players might decommit here soon. Travis, first, tell us what's going on at Ash Cigar Bar, and then uh, go ahead and tell us what your top five projected class looks like after that first signing day. Yeah, Ash Cigar Bar, uh, our friends here, as always, taking great care of us. Um, great ventilation for the cigar smoke, first and foremost. Um, I know uh, some people have come in. You know, maybe they don't want to smoke. They come out. They don't They don't smell like it, which is nice. Um $3 domestic drafts, uh, as always. Like I said, comfortable seating, conveniently located here right off of Sheridan uh, at 42nd Street. Uh, so come by and hang out with us. we got a few people in the house already. Um, yeah, as far as the top five rankings, man, I've been thinking a lot about this. The current, for those of you that don't have it pulled up in front of you, is uh, Notre Dame, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Texas with OU creeping up on it just a few points out of that number five spot. So I think what's important to look at is numbers. Uh, Notre Dame, obviously with the 21 commits right now, has more than anybody in the top six. Uh, Bama has 18, Georgia has 18, Ohio State has 18, Texas has 20, OU has 19. Now, some, some notable things about the classes. Notre Dame, again, might lose two of their top three commits. Keon Keeley, a lot of people think he's going to end up at Bama. Um, and then Peyton Bowen, a lot of people think he's going to end up at A&M or Oklahoma. We'll find out that one shortly. But if you take those two out of the class, they drop to basically a tie point-wise with Texas at number five. So that's a big drop. Um, so looking at that, um, and then looking at Georgia sitting there at number three with no quarterback committed in the class. And quarterbacks obviously typically have a lot of points coming with them. Uh, so that's certainly interesting. Ohio State's having an interestingly tough time uh, recruiting the defensive front seven right now, uh, which is going to be something to look out going forward. Obviously, Jim Knowles uh, kind of you know, from Oklahoma State going up there, being their, um, their new defensive coordinator, uh, it's kind of interesting to look at, at, at some of their guys uh, uh, in the front seven specifically. O- Ohio State will never struggle 
to recruit wide receivers. There's no doubt about that. They've got, uh, you know, Brandon Ennis, one of the top in the country, Carnell Tate, one of the top in the country, Noah Rogers, one of the top in the country. They've got three top ten wide receivers. Now, a lot of you might think, hmm, that reminds me a lot of the 2019 class at Oklahoma, but I digress. Um, so when you look at kind of their class, it looks like they're really struggling to get that really front seven taken care of. Uh, they really have no notable I don't think they have a linebacker in the class, actually. They only have two defensive linemen. So that's going to be interesting to watch going forward. Um, and I think Texas's struggle going forward, um, I think they're going to do fine and they're going to end up in the top five. But I think one of the things going forward is that A&M is starting to figure it out. And I think A&M is going to be the biggest thorn in Texas's side moving forward. We already saw this with Anthony Hill. Uh, Anthony Hill was down to Texas and Texas A&M, number one linebacker in the country. He ends up going down to College Station. So uh, I think while A&M isn't going to have the numbers to get up into that top five, I do think they still end up, based on quality, in the top ten. So my final is going to be Bama at one because with the addition of Keon Keeley and then, as I mean, as Bama always does, figures out a way late to, to pull some late flips. Um, I think they're number one. I think Georgia's two because I personally don't think they go quarterbackless. Um, even though they just won a national title with a walk-on, I don't think don't Kirby is just going to say, oh, we just don't need a quarterback anymore. I don't think that's going to be something he uh, he prescribes to. Um, and then OU, I've got it number three. Uh, when you look at the just sheer talent on the defensive line at the edge position, uh, in the in the secondary that we could add, uh, obviously the offense is just about done with really only two people left on on the offense's recruiting board before they flip over to 2024. Um, but the amount of defensive talent that we could add over uh, the coming months, I think it boosts us up to number three. I think it gets us um, above 300 in the 247 rankings, which is typically um, good for a uh, good for a top three class. Um, and then I've got Texas. Uh, again, still solid in in the top four, but I do think OU leapfrogs them uh, with some of their additions down the road and then some Texas kind of, if they stumble out of the gate or if Alabama comes in and breaks their spirit, uh, breaks their will, as we saw even Sark admitted to uh, in, after last year's uh, OU game, he said, look, our, our team's, you know, our, our team's will and spirit was broken, and then they reeled off six straight losses. If you see something happen like that against Alabama, don't count on that class holding together, uh, you know, like it is now. Uh, and then Notre Dame, I've got it five because they do have a lot of talent in that class, but I do think losing potentially uh, Peyton Bowen and Keon Keeley to flips to two other teams that are currently slotted to be in the top five, I think that will hurt them, but still a top five finish uh, for Marcus Freeman, who, yeah, he's a first-time head coach too, but he doesn't have near the experience and success that Brent Venables has as a coordinator. So still an outstanding effort uh, by Marcus Freeman. But that's my final is Bama, Georgia, OU, Texas, Notre Dame. So if Bama and Georgia finish one and two, and we got about 30 seconds here. Uh, so if they finish one and two, John, then if OU finishes three, four, and five, OU is going to be the story of this 23 recruiting class, right? You know, has to be because Bama and Georgia, yeah, of course they finished too. Texas finished inside the top five. OU would be the story of this 23 recruiting class with the first yeah. year. Yeah, losing Lincoln Riley, getting Brent Venables, 
it's going to be a, it's an unbelievable story that they're at number yeah. three. Uh, Shane from Newcastle, thank you to everyone at the Rev for carrying us through talking season, especially after Mole Mageddon. The off season would be miserable without you. Thank you, Shane. We're only as good as our listeners, and we've got the best listeners out there and the best texters out there. Guarantee it. All right, we'll close up our number one of the Friday rush. We still call it locked in, but it's the Friday rush as well. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the Homeless Center fans. Friday Rush slash Locked In, whatever you want to call it, right here live on The Ref. We're the Homeless Suitor fans. Friday Rush really coming up from uh, 3 to 6 today. I'm live with John Whitson at Brown O'Haver, 1901 North Moore Avenue. Travis is at Ash Cigar Bar, 4205 South Sheridan in Tulsa. Now, uh, a week from tomorrow, Jacoby Johnson, a Mustang, is going to announce four-star athlete. If you listen to this show, you've heard a lot about Jacoby Johnson He's a really good player. OU, Oklahoma State, Michigan, Bama, and Stanford. Four crystal balls are in for him. This would be a pretty big-time get for OU. So going to continue to add in the uh, in the month of August here. And, John, as a uh, Mustang high grad yourself, it's got to be pretty cool seeing a four-star kid out of Mustang coming out and maybe picking OU next week. Listen, I am, I'm, I'm pretty fired up. Anytime somebody from Mustang – uh, plays for Oklahoma. It's just really cool to see that. It's like a little, you know, a little tie into like where you're from type deal. Um, even when Lindsey Donahue uh, for softball was hitting home runs last year, it was just so exciting because she was from Mustang and she looked like all those girls that you grew up with in Mustang. So I don't know. I'm just excited about it. This kid can play. If I'm not mistaken, and Travis might know this, I think he's got two twin brothers, too, that are younger. Yeah. Eighth grade. I yeah. think they're going to be studs. Well, we got to hit a break. But uh, yes, on does. the other side, we've been they talking about all these things that OU has to get better at this next year. But we haven't mentioned one thing in particular. And, God, I hope that they're better at this next season. We'll hit that coming up next hour at the top of the hour. Keep it locked on the Friday Rush. <laughs> 